Welcome to the Lightly Salted Podcast. These are the readings and sermons of St. John's Lutheran Church of Park Rapids, Minnesota. They are offered so that the Word of God would shape and strengthen you to be what He calls you to be, salt and light. You can find us at stjohnspr.org. Now, on to the Word. Our Old Testament reading for this fourth Sunday in Advent is recorded for us in the second book of Samuel, the seventh chapter. Now when David lived in his house, and the Lord had given him rest from all his surrounding enemies, the king said to Nathan the prophet, See now, I dwell in a house of cedar, but the ark of God dwells in a tent. And Nathan said to the king, Go, do all that is in your heart, for the Lord is with you. But that same night, the word of the Lord came to Nathan. Go and tell my servant David, thus says the Lord, would you build me a house to dwell in? I have not lived in a house since the day I brought up the people of Israel from Egypt to this day. But I have been moving about in a tent for my dwelling. In all places where I have moved with all the people of Israel, did I speak a word with any of the judges of Israel whom I commanded to shepherd my people Israel, saying, Why did you not build me a house of cedar? Now therefore, thus you shall say to my servant David, Thus says the Lord of hosts, I took you from the pasture, from following the sheep, that you should be prince over my people Israel. And I have been with you wherever you went, and have cut off all your enemies from before you. And I will make for you a great name, like the name of the great ones of the earth, And I will appoint a place for my people Israel and will plant them so that they may dwell in their own place and be disturbed no more. And violent men shall afflict them no more as formerly for the time that I appoint the judges over my people Israel. And I will give you rest from all your enemies. Moreover, the Lord declares to you that the Lord will make you a house and your house and your kingdom shall be made sure forever before me. Your throne shall be established forever. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, good morning. Glad to see you all here this wonderful day our last Sunday in Advent. Here we focus now, hearing the words of the angel given to Mary, reminder that God has not forgotten about His people. So let's begin this wonderful morning. Grace, peace, and mercy be unto you from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Today is Christmas Eve. Only a few more hours left until Christmas Day. Only a few more hours to get all the shopping done. Get those missing ingredients that you need, the missing toys, or making sure that you pick up exactly what you promised to either your children, your grandchildren, or your nieces and nephews. See, there's nothing like promising that you'll bring something only to arrive at your destination and have to deliver the bad news. Either the last of the hams are gone or all the action toy figures were were sold out. See, this is what Advent's really all about. No, it's not about the food, the missing ingredients, the missing toys, or someone else getting it the last hand of the store that you really wanted. 
Advent is about the promised king. The one whom God has promised ever since the fall into sin, there in the garden, those thousand years ago. A promise that was spoken for the first time. A sliver of hope in the midst of judgment upon Adam, Eve, and that cursed serpent. Here is the first hope given to the people, to creation. That someone will come to rescue them from their sin that they ushered in to the world to save them from their own destruction. And you and I are here where for the past four weeks we have been waiting. Waiting our way through the readings of Scripture that have been pointing us closer and closer to the arrival of Christ. And here in our midweek services, being reminded what is actually meant by this promised birth. For our King robes you and I in garments of love and righteousness. You know, it's easy for you and I to wait on this promise. For this promise has already come. It has already been fulfilled. Christ was born 2,000 some years ago. Born to a loving mother and a father who raised him as his own. And because you and I know what happened, you and I know what it's going to transpire, what will take place. For you, myself, and indeed all Christians are living witnesses to bearing truth to this promise being fulfilled. It's pretty easy then to skip over this. This hop straight to the birth of our King and forget what's going to be spoken here this night to Mary. It's easy to forget and jump straight to where we see that love's pure light and swaddling cloths held by his mother. But let's pause for a moment. Let's not jump ahead, but let us hear this promise that is spoken, that is finally delivered to the people of God. Let's look at the significance of the words that the angel Gabriel speaks to Mary those nine months before. Hear what the angel has to say. Do not be afraid. You have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son. And you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom... What on earth does that mean? You know, upon hearing those words, Mary was rather confused. She accepted it willingly and said, let it be done to me as the servant. But she was confused nonetheless. Typically, angels have only ever appeared either before the prophets of the Lord, before Abraham discussing the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah, but never to Mary, never before this night. And yet she heard what all creation has been waiting to hear for thousands of years. That the promise is finally delivered. A thousand years. That is the time between which David heard this promise spoken by the prophet Nathan to when this night here where Mary hears it once more in fulfillment. Now David has been ruling for a few years by this point. And he wanted to give 
the Ark of the Covenant a place worthy, much like his own palace. He wanted to build God a house. But God had other in store. And thus, speaking through his prophet Nathan, he had Nathan relay to David that he said this, Moreover, the Lord declares to you that the Lord will make you a house. In your house, your kingdom shall be made sure forever before me. Your throne shall be established forever. You know, the Lord has blessed David many times before. He has saved him from his enemies, raised him from a lowly shepherd of a flock to shepherd his people. He has given a palace, a crown, wealth beyond imagination. And yet God continues to bless his servant even further by saying that your throne will be established forever. There will be no end. But if we look in what the, the years that came upon David hearing this to when it finally reaches Mary, it would almost seem that God forgotten his promise. From the point of the people, those thousand years were awful. David, once united kingdom, became divided under his grandson. Six of his own line, six kings, were seen right as doing good in the sight of the Lord. Either they and the others either brought in new gods, disobeyed God, outright went against his word, or brought harm upon his own prophets. And then only for the last one, King Zedekiah of Judah, to lose the throne to the Babylonians, thus bringing an end to David's house. His line ended. The throne was no longer in his family and now belonged to a foreign people, a foreign king. When was God going to deliver good on his promise? In those thousand years that took place, from the point of the people, all they could do was wait. Wait for God to deliver them, for God to give them their king the long-awaited king who was promised. And over those years, they have heard from the prophets over and over and over again that one would come, that one would come to save them, to rescue them, to bring them back, restore their wealth, to have them once more as one people. And they thought, you know, maybe this will take place. Maybe it will finally happen. King Cyrus brought them back to their own land, restore the treasures that were taken from the temple. They were allowed to build their own temple once more and to be their own people, only later be conquered by the Romans and made subject once more to foreign powers, foreign nations, foreign people, none of which were of David's line. So when was the promise of God supposed to be fulfilled? When will it take place? How long was it going to be? You know, we're never giving any indication of when exactly this would take place in Scripture. Nor do we hear a set date of when this promise would come to pass. Much like when Jesus tells the disciples that only the Father knows the hour for the last day. 
the only thing we have to go on? Or the words of Isaiah, who proclaim that a sign of Emmanuel will, be, will come when the virgin gives birth? Or when Emmanuel will have to suffer greatly as the king coming to save his people? We don't hear about this promise being brought up again until Mary is visited by the angel Gabriel. This promise, much like the covenant made between God and Noah, saying that God will never flood the earth once more, kind of becomes forgotten to us. It's no longer on the forefront of our mind. Lost to the sands of time. Lost like a package from Amazon. You know it exists. You know what's out there. But all you can do is wait. And that's what God's people did. They waited. They waited a thousand years for when David heard this promise to hear now when the angel said to Mary that you will bear a son, that he will inherit his father David's throne. He will be the long-promised king. He will be called the son of the Most High. And he will have a kingdom that will never end. This is this promise finally being delivered, finally delivered in full. Only nine more months will have to pass for Mary to hear this baby's voice for the birth of our King. You see, what Mary heard that night was like unlike anything else in all of creation. Finally, finally, God's promise is coming to light. The wait is finally over. Those thousand years are coming to an end. The house of David was not destroyed by the Babylonians. Sure, they might not be the reigning family anymore. They might not hold power or the reputation they once had. But here is the promised child of David's line. The Lord has upheld his word to his servant David. But this child will be, will be different. He will not have an earthly kingdom. He did not come to overthrow the Romans as many will wish him to do. But he is a king, no less. He will not, his throne will not be like that where David sat or where any of the other Davidic kings to their own feet. But he will have his throne. His crown will not be of gold nor of silver, set with precious stones and gems, but he will bear a crown no less. He will never be a king like his father David, but this child will rule. During his life, during his ministry, Christ is never recognized as king. Many would consider him even illegitimate to the throne as Mary would bear her bear him in her womb before she's even wed. And yet the only time that we see Jesus is recognized as king is out of mockery. It is only on the day of his death when he will bear a crown of thorns. It is only when he is about to die when he will be laid with a purple garment out of mockery by the Roman soldiers. It is only on the day when he dies when they will finally recognize he has the long-awaited promise. And you hear it, not in the words of the people, not in the people of God, but of a Roman centurion who said, truly, this was the Son of God. 
Christ is the fulfillment of this promise. The promise made to David and here delivered to Mary. Yet not once did Christ make a point about being of David's line. He did not come up to them and say, Behold your king! He never did that. Yet Christ was the king who gave up his throne. Gave it up so that you and I, and indeed all of creation, will be freed by his death and his resurrection. And who now reigns forever, unto forever. A throne that will never end. This is what is meant in the words spoken by the angel Gabriel to Mary that night. Fulfillment of a promise long made. But yet it's interesting to note that the only one who ever calls Christ king is Pontius Pilate, who had it nailed to the cross so that all people could see that this is Jesus Christ, king of the Jews. What Mary heard that night was like anything, was not like anything else. Yes, it was finally fulfillment, a promise made to David. They are delivered to Mary. But even a greater promise to all of creation. For what Mary heard is that the king will come, and he is coming now, and will be born to reign and set them free. So let us be like Mary, ponder in our hearts as God upholds his word and fulfills his promise to his people. Amen. Thanks for listening to Lightly Salted. We'd love to hear from you. You can contact us at stjohnspr.org or look for us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Our thanks to Eric Medeish at soundimage.org for Morning Jew. God's blessings.